Welcome back to another episode of the Your Houston Podcast. We're excited to be here in person for the first time since 2020 with Cindy Tesler, the Vice President of Program and Operations for Avenue CDC. Cindy's an experienced nonprofit and community development professional, has a degree from Texas A&M University in sociology, and a master's in nonprofit accounting from Notre Dame. We have a lot to talk about, so let's get started. I feel the liftoff. The clock has started. Roger. All right, so we're going to start with our first question. What is your favorite restaurant in Houston? I'm going to go with a real easy one that's been a family favorite since I was little, a Mambo Seafood on Long Point. Oh, yeah. My dad, uh, we're, we're Colombian. My dad lives in Colombia, and whenever he comes to visit, the first place we go to is Mambo. You get that shrimp, mm-hmm. fried rice, the oysters, uh, the fried fish is delicious. So Mambo's an easy one, uh, easy That's a great to. choice. <laughs> and they, they have one up off of 45, too. Yeah. That's the one we used to go to, but... Yeah, they're It's everywhere. delicious. <laughs> um, okay, so you're an Aggie. I am an Aggie. Yep, same here. Yeah, I saw the ring. Um, favorite memory from College Station? Um, just the microcosm of like going to the grocery store and there's no adults there. And it's just you and a bunch of other teenagers trying to figure out what to eat this week. It was kind of mind-blowing to get there and figure that out. Yep. <laughs> We're all the adults. It's us. <laughs> yeah. Now we're the adults. Yes. Yeah. Um, what's your uh, ideal vacation? Oh, um, in the woods. Like, find a cabin in the woods and bring, like, three books and actually, like, read them all. Like, just be outside, um, get cozy inside, go by the lake, but just be able to, like, be somewhere nestled away and like actually get a chance to read would be fantastic Mm -hmm. there are some spots not too far from houston you can you can do you can do a drive hour hour and a half and you find some wilderness yeah so there's actually um like i don't know if you've heard of like the lake houston uh, state park yep but they do these like really cool little a-frames that you can stay in um and i i love that place it's an easy 45 minute drive from here and it's really nice and secluded yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. And uh, we're glad to get to know you a little more and then also learn more about Avenue CDC, which uh, CDC stands for Community Development Corporation. Can That's you correct. tell us what a community development corporation is? Yeah. So the, the basis for a CDC is really figuring out what are the housing needs of a particular community and how do we work together to solve them? And so it's about coming together um, with community voices to figure out what a particular neighborhood needs. So we currently reside in the uh, greater north side and the new north side, and that's where we build our buildings. So it's not like we have our offices in a different neighborhood and our building somewhere else. It's about being in the community that you're in, listening to those community voices and coming up with solutions together. That's really important because a lot of times you'll find organizations that show up and say, hey, here's what we're going to do to your neighborhood to make it better. And they don't ask the residents. They don't seek input or feedback or get to the time to get to know them. And y'all being in the community makes a big difference uh, when you can say, hey, we have seen this problem or we want to work with you on these issues. We've experienced them ourselves. Yeah. 
you may know, or some, some of your listeners may know about Avenue from the Little Blue House. So for the longest time, for about 15 years, we were housed out of a little bungalow in the near north side, a Little Blue House, La Casita Azul. And people would just know, like they would come in and they'd be like, my friend told me about the Little Blue House, or my cousin came to the Little Blue House. And it really was a staple of the near north side to have that home that was a representative representation of what we could do for you, either helping you through home buyer education or counseling or foreclosure prevention. And so I really think that's um, a big part of what Avenue does. Okay, so let's uh, talk more about the program specifically. So you, you want to help with affordable housing in the neighborhoods. How do y'all that's a big issue. How do you go about tackling that? Yeah, so there's kind of two main areas of avenue. One is our real estate development side. So we are developers. We do develop affordable single-family homes as well as multifamily apartments. And then the other part of our work is really the client-facing kind of asset-building work, which revolves around comprehensive community development work in the near north side, around safety, infrastructure, police relations, education, beautification projects. And then we do home buyer education and counseling, which really helps families build generational wealth for their for their kids. Okay, so let's start with the uh, home buyer education. Um, if somebody is interested in, or maybe they don't even think they could qualify, right? They yeah. think home ownership that's not for me. You know, where could they get started? Yeah. So we are a HUD certified housing counseling agency, which means that we provide that HUD certified eight hour class that any first time home buyer needs if they want to apply for down payment assistance or if they're getting a loan for the first time or if they're trying to get special benefits from lenders um, if they're a low income family. And so the class is really that basis to even get you to figure out what the next step is if it's right for you. So a lot of people Mm -hmm. say, I know my credit's bad or I know I don't have savings, so I'm not going to take the class until I until I improve those things. But they don't really know what to improve. They don't really know what the actual metrics or standards are. So we tell everybody the class is the first step. Regardless of whether you're ready or not, that will actually tell you, hey, should I start working on these things? Should I take that next step? Or do I still need to wait a few years? But that class is really that, that first step before you even know if you're ready or not. That's, that's a great resource because even if you think in your head, <laughs> I wouldn't know how to even start Yeah, getting that information. And these are the things you work on to be at a place to purchase a home yeah. and helping guide people through those check marks. It's, it's so important because yeah. it can be overwhelming, you know, that whole process. Yeah, it's definitely overwhelming for families, especially uh, for first-time families, for BIPOC families that have never purchased a home before. A lot of people rely on their parents or trusted, you know, older siblings or older relatives to help them in their first home buying process. But if you're first-generation American, your parents maybe didn't have that experience, and so you do really feel alone. And so that's why all of our, um, because we are in the near north side, all of our services and our programs are in English and in Spanish. Mm -hmm. So all of our staff are Spanish-speaking, all of our materials, because we do serve a large uh, Latino population, and so we want to make sure that we are equitable in the way that we provide information to them as well. And just so people get an idea, what type of uh, income range are we talking about for the 
the home buyer program? Yeah. So our first time home buyer program is actually open to everyone. Most people that take it, it's because they want to apply for a down payment assistance. But the first time home buyer program is for anyone of any income range. Um, you do get that certificate that allows you to go and apply for down payment assistance. As far as the income range for that, right now the the only program that's available, the largest one, is the city of Houston, which is thirty thousand dollars. And for a family of four, you can be making up to $91,000 and still apply for down payment assistance. So there is a wide range because affordability is such it is so tough and tight right now that down payment assistance is needed for a larger range of families than before. And is there a waiting list for that or? Yeah, so the the city, um, there is a waiting list so that's why it's really important to kind of get into homebuyer education as soon as possible and counseling. And you have your homebuyer counselor after you take the class that kind of guides you through the process so that you're not in it alone. And this is for first-time homebuyers or anyone who wants to purchase a home? So what's really good about these down payment assistance programs is that usually, you know, they are marked for first-time homebuyers, but they define first-time homebuyers as not having owned a home in the past three years. So it okay. doesn't actually have to be your first home ever, just so long as you haven't owned a home in the past three years, then you can apply. It's good to know. Um, now, shifting to renters, you mentioned multifamily. What uh, programs do you all offer for folks who are looking at an apartment? Yeah, so all of our properties are called mixed income properties. So that means that a certain portion are set aside at market rate for market rate renters, and then a certain portion are set aside for lower income families on a sliding scale. So it really just depends on your income, what rent you're going to pay. And the real benefit to having mixed income communities is that research shows that when you um, when you create a development for just low income families, there aren't really any meaningful gains in education, in income, uh, in socioeconomic status. But when you do a mixed income development, they find that low income families actually do you know, kids do better in school, families actually strive a little harder and, and work a little harder and act, can actually move in socioeconomic status. And there is no adverse effects to market rate renters and buyers. So that's the uh, formula that we use. And so it's it's a really great way to um, to create a multifamily apartment complex. That, uh, that is a great model. And it's good that, that that's being incorporated into neighborhoods because like you said, if you build just a low income development, and then you cluster that with other low-income developments. You're not, um, you're not going to help those folks to give them a chance to succeed. Like uh, if you do it in a mixed, uh, a mixed setting. Yeah. So. That's really great. And, you know, whenever we talk about, you know, we do affordable housing, I think the the prevailing mindset is, um, you know, like HUD housing or the Housing Authority or Section 8. And it's really not like that anymore. Um, HUD has made a lot of strides and affordable developers have made a lot of strides that you could be driving by a affordable housing development and not even realize it because people that are lower income should not have to live in a place that's any different from anybody else. And so I think that's what Avenue does really well is making sure that people really do have quality safe places to live that are affordable. That's wonderful. Um, beyond housing, what uh, what other programs and services does Avenue provide? 
Yeah, so one of kind of our flagship programs has been our comprehensive community development work. So we received funding from a fantastic partner, LISC, uh, over 10 years ago to engage in what's called a Go Neighborhood. And it's really about being in a neighborhood and creating a kind of team of collaborative community partners, for-profit partners, and community residents themselves to decide what it is that they want for their community. What are the changes that they want to see and how can they themselves implement those changes. So we've been doing that in the near north side for over 10 years, and now we are in the Northline neighborhood, which is 77076 and a little bit of 77022, doing that work all over again and really kind of tackling that with the residents there that are very different from the residents in the near north side and that have very different needs, but it's all about asking the question and being willing to get in, you know, in the weeds and, and figure out how we can co-create a solution. It's so important to, to tailor these solutions to the neighborhoods because they're, they're different, like you said, and they have different needs and different circumstances. And it's an approach uh, we here at Your Houston take with our, our community engagement, and that is you know, really focusing on local issues and, and asking people what they care about in their neighborhoods that they want to see better or they want to put time and effort to improve. And so the fact that y'all are doing that, I think, is just a testament to... Uh, you know, really trying to build and work towards something that gets buy-in from the community and is something that they're going to uh, want and appreciate because they're involved in that process. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's so fantastic that your Houston is here and has that aim because it feels really good for community members to hear that organizations are talking about them or that they're focusing on them or that they're, it, that they're even a part of the conversation. So to get organizations on... Um, to do these type of initiatives, you know, we are actually part of a health collaborative initiative that's really beneficial to, to the neighborhood. So speaking of that, uh, we received uh, a grant to do health equity work in 11 zip codes in Houston, which we're very excited to, to get off the ground doing. Um, but it's meant to address longstanding uh, underlying health equity issues. And these are issues that the pandemic really exacerbated. And so it could be a lack of quality food, it could be a lack of services, a lack of information, uh, transportation to services. I mean, you, you name it. These are things that are longstanding and that were sort of bubbling under the surface. Yeah. And then when COVID came, they were brought, brought out to light. And so our objective is to really build coalitions that will address those issues in the zip codes um, in a way that is long-term and sustainable so that when we aren't funded to do the work, those partners in that coalition can still help make sure there's a farmer's market there every other week or there's a mobile clinic coming once a month that seniors can access or folks who don't have insurance and there's no clinic around can access uh, because those are the things that are going to, you know, chart to chip away at those underlying health issues. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. So much of, of health equity and really making sure that people are healthy comes down to things that have nothing to do with 
medical, you know, medical care, um, 40% of people's health is around their socioeconomic factors. What are their education? What is their job status? What is their income? Uh, what is their support system? 20% is their health behaviors. What do they choose to do? How much alcohol do they intake? How much tobacco um, do they go on walks or things? And then 10% is the physical environment. Are they close to a park? Is there a lot of pollution in the air? Things that they don't have any control over, that's 10% of it, and only 20% is really Really attributed to like access to care and the quality of care. So, so much about health equity in the community really has to be in the community. The, the answers aren't going to be um, with healthcare providers. Um, and so that's what our, you know, our health equity work is around. We have what's called an accountable community for health, an ACH. This is a model that's been used kind of around the country. It's pretty new. And so we're, we're trying to figure out what that looks like. Uh, and it's comprised of community partners and clinical partners in trying to look at three main areas in the greater north side, access to care, access to healthy food and active living. And so Avenue along with the YMCA, Legacy Community Health Clinic, Memorial Herman, Community uh, Benefits Corporation, and Wesley are really trying to tackle this together to see what are those um, non-medical drivers of health that we can address in the community. So what would, uh, what would success look like for y'all in that program at, you know, once the program winds down, what would you like to see at the end of the day? Yeah, I'd really like to see a greater agency for um, for individual residents in their health. I think so much of healthcare comes down to um, what clinics decide to show up, which, you know, which fairs are holding blood pressure um, readings, who's doing your diabetes screening at the library. And so there's a lot of, um, there's not a lot of autonomy in health. And so it's really about educating the residents so that they know that they do have autonomy and agency in what in what their health looks like. And so we're really pushing right now um, just to increase the awareness and increase the education of residents because there's so much that they can do that has nothing to do with, you know, with healthcare to increase their health. It's, it's so true. And, and that's, the work that uh, we're also focused on at the moment as well. Um, and as we talk to partners and as we talk to residents, we were just at a senior center um, the other day and we were trying to get them signed up for health information alerts because there's a lot of valuable information that's shared through these alert systems that a lot of people don't know about. And it's resources, it's programs, it's uh, initiatives in the neighborhoods about uh, a cooking class to show you how to, you know, cook healthier to manage your diabetes or uh, if there's an air quality issue, you know, things you can do to help mitigate that at home. Um, But getting that information out and having people take more involvement um, is key because, you know, we can do as much as we can, but yeah. at the end of the day, other people have to be involved in those factors that are, you know, not necessarily clinical, but yeah. make a big, big impact. Yeah. And that's where having a lot of different voices at the table is really important. Um, it has to be a collaborative between multiple different types of partners, even partners that you may not realize um, 
are, are beneficial, it's it's about having a lot of different people tackling. You know, many hands make small work, um, especially with something like this. You know, you got to involve schools. You have to involve um, employers. What is it that employers want for their employees? They want to have healthy employees. So how do we bring employers into the mix to say, hey, you have some agency here to make the li- your the lives better for your um, for your employees. Uh, I'm glad you said that. You know, one of the reasons we were chosen for this project is because we were not the traditional organization that has always received funding for this work because they get the same result every time, right? They talk to the same folks. They work with the same groups. We're trying to reach folks that are harder to reach or that are not engaged. And so you've got to think outside the box. You've got to work with non-traditional partners. And it could be a barbershop. It could be a chamber of commerce. These are groups that we've engaged that wouldn't traditionally be engaged, but they provide a vital link to communities. They have a trusted voice. Neighbors and residents look to them. And so we can say, hey, we're sharing this information out or fill out our survey, and you're able to see uh, what's going on on the ground in the communities. But you're not going to do that if you do the same thing over and over and over again. And so those different partnerships, those many voices are a key part. Yeah. And I think that comes back to kind of being innovative in the way we think about health or even housing. All of these, you know, accountable communities for health that they have around the country, most of them, you know, there's a backbone agency. There has to be one kind of central agency that's helping lead the work. And a lot of times it is a healthcare provider or a health payer, you know, health funder. And so for us, you know, we're a housing agency. And so it's something a little bit different. But I think a lot of health comes back to your home, right? Having a safe, quality, uh, affordable place to live does attribute to your health, right? Not being housing housing burdened, paying more than 33% of your monthly income on rent helps you to be healthier. So I think Avenue is really well positioned to kind of be in that place to start having the health conversation because so much of our mental health and our well-being comes back to feeling safe and secure at home and then we can tackle other things. You know, families we find, uh, renters and even home buyers, the first thing they usually do is pay their mortgage or their rent. Like that has to happen. You need a roof over your head. And so because they do that, they forego other necessities sometimes. Going to the doctor or getting prescription medication or doing regular checkups for their kids because they have to pay rent first. And so really tackling that affordability is important to us. And so I um, I think I mentioned to you earlier, you know, we have a social impact fund to try to preserve affordable housing. And that is really another place that we can tackle the the health um, of our of our neighborhoods so you you have a social impact fund that helps keep the the house affordable if a family sells or if the taxes get too high, what, what do you mean? Yeah, so actually, um, so we are real estate developers. So all along, we've always developed multifamily apartment complexes. And so a new part of our work is actually preserving the affordability of existing housing structures. Mm-hmm. So there are apartment complexes that are called NOAAs, Naturally Occurring Affordable Housing. And so that means that these are apartments by, you know, naturally they have kept their rents affordable. They're, the market hasn't increased them in, in disproportionate ways. And so the families that live there just 
naturally live in affordable housing. But those are at most risk for investors to come in, make some improvements, and jack up the price on rent. And so uh, an organization like Avenue can be working to build new affordable units, but then the, you know, the older apartment complex, which is a class B or a class C apartment complex next door, could be bought by a developer and mm -hmm. all of those units um, that were affordable were lost. And so what Avenue does is we're working to, you know, hopefully purchase these at a, at a good price, make make repairs and improvements to them, but keep the um, keep the affordability there for families. So we're working on both sides of it, developing new units as well as preserving existing units for affordability. It's, it's so necessary. <laughs> I used to serve on the board of the Houston Land Bank. Oh, and yeah. so the, the catch 22 is always <laughs> you're building affordable single family homes, yeah. but then as soon as a family sells, it's market rate. And yeah. so that affordability is lost. How do you keep the affordability, you know, and you try and figure out ways to, you know, keep that because that, you know, you don't want to lose it. Yeah. There's we're, the, the mayor has this big initiative to try and build 3000 affordable homes before yep. the end of his, his mm -hmm. term. And so, you know, everyone's really trying to make this push and it's so necessary. Yeah. So trying to figure out ways to keep that affordability long term, I mean, that's going to be a, a huge way to help keep those units uh, yeah. from for future families. Yeah. And I mean, and that's on the um, that's on the multifamily side and on the single family side. You know, we have the Houston Community Land Trust, mm -hmm. which maintains affordability for single family buyers. So anybody that's purchasing a home that's low income, they can purchase it, you know, at, at a lower rate. And then it stays affordable even after they choose to sell it because what they own is the structure and not the land, but the land, uh, the, the home is theirs. They have a 99 year lease. It's a really fantastic model for long-term affordability. And that's one of the innovative kind of solutions that the city of Houston has chosen to, to invest in. But a lot of families are afraid because they don't know what that is. Yep. It's new. And so that's where, you know, going to a HUD certified housing counseling agency is really so important because we're, we always say we're the only person, the only organization, um, in the home buying process that doesn't financially benefit from you buying a house. So we don't get a commission check when you buy a house, so we can actually just provide you really good impartial information to help you maintain your um, sustainability in your home for the long run. Wonderful. Yeah. There's a lot of tools in the toolbox out there <laughs> to use. Yeah. If people want to uh, learn more about Avenue, interested in a program, yeah. where can they go? How can they uh, find out more information? Yeah, so um, definitely avenuecdc.org slash homeownership is a great place. Or sending us an email at classes at avenuecdc.org is really fantastic. And then we do regular monthly Q&A webinars. So mm. if you're not quite sure about taking the first time home buyer class, you can always kind of log into our Q&A webinars. We try to keep them focused around maybe it's around your savings or around new DPA programs or around, you know, how to increase your credit, little things like that. So that people can start to understand that mortgage readiness is a whole host of things. And so you may be bogged down on your credit score, but maybe your debt to income is what you should be focusing on. And so it really paints a good picture of what mortgage readiness looks like. Um, and I always tell people, I tell people all the time, if homeownership is anywhere in your mind and you're just not sure that you're ready, take the class and you'll really be, at least you'll have an action plan for when you do want to get ready. Especially right now in, you know, what people are saying is a recession. People are like, well, I don't want to get into it just yet. 
but it's not always going to look like this. And so you don't want to have wasted this time thinking I'm not ready um, and the market doesn't look good. Take this time to really prepare your finances, know exactly what you need to do to prepare your finances. Um, so take the class, come to counseling. Credit can be a burden to someone who's potentially looking at buying a house if it's bad. You know, are there programs or services that you offer to uh, help people improve their credit before they go further into the home buying process? Yeah, one of the new kind of innovative things that we're trying out that we haven't done before and we haven't seen any of the organizations try before is a match savings for credit program. So there are traditional match savings programs where if you save a certain amount of money, we will match it for you to use towards the purchase of your home. But this one is all about um, folks that have lower credit scores and they know they need to work on their credit. Either they have low credit or no credit. And so a secure credit card is a really safe way to start building credit if you're on that home buying process. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna do a $250 match. If you have $250, we will match you $250 so that you can apply for a secure credit card and start building your credit that way. The homebuyer education course sounds like a, a great resource and also a very vital step in this process. Um, is it only offered at your facility or uh, how else can people take the class? Yeah, so we offer the class in two ways. Uh, they could either come in person or they can join virtually. So you can do the class virtually the full eight hours from the comfort of your home. Another benefit um, that we have in offering our first-time homebuyer class is offering it at a reduced rate for employers. Right now, a lot of employees are really seeking for additional benefits, and they really want to make sure that the places they work are seeing them as a whole person and that they want them to thrive. And being an employer, you can actually um, ask Avenue to come and do a class for a flat fee. So you can offer it to all of your employees that may be interested in home ownership for a flat fee, and they get the certificate and they can move on to homebuyer counseling at no cost to them. And it's really a nominal fee for the employer to offer it as a benefit. Oh, that's wonderful that y'all will go out on site and give the class to a large group. That's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And so we hope that a lot of uh, employers will think about that this year as a retention tool and really as an asset building tool for their employees. All right. It's an eight hour class. It's yes. free. So the, the class is $50. Oh, it's so the class, okay. the class is $50. $50. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> uh, and then after that, uh, the homebuyer counseling is always at no cost. So you can meet with your homebuyer counselor as many times as you want. And they're the person that's going to kind of walk you through all the steps of home ownership, walk you through um, any mortgage documents if you have any questions. And there is never a cost for homebuyer counseling. All right. Well, yeah. thank you so much for spending some time with us and sharing all the resources and programs that Avenue CDC has to offer and the yeah. great work y'all are doing out in the community. We really appreciate it. And yeah. uh, we look forward to working with y'all in the future. Thank you so much, Mario. I really appreciate it. It's fantastic. Thanks so much, Cindy, for taking time out of your day to tell us all about Avenue's programs and services. If you're interested in learning more or taking their home buyer education course, go to avenuecdc.org. And if you want to get involved in the Your Houston Health Initiative, check out yourhou.com and send us a message. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon.